news is one of the most insightful businesswomen that I know. Sarah is absolutely amazing. Sarah's wisdom, enthusiasm, and positive outlook on life motivates me to be a better person. Her ability to see the very best in people is just awesome. Sarah's coaching and mentoring inspired me to become an entrepreneur. What an inspiration. Welcome to the Destined for Greatness podcast, where we believe that each person is destined for greatness. I am your host, Sarah Noose, and I'm joined by my handsome co-host, who's my husband, Adam. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing good. I kind of feel like I need to have a response like my beautiful host. Yeah. You're always so nice to me. Why do you never say, I've been waiting, this is episode 67, and you <laughs> haven't said anything. Well, that'd be really nice for you to say tonight, because this is quarantine day 62, and you've looked at me for a lot of days and hours. Yeah. So. It's been a journey, babe. Been a journey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, so today we have a really great podcast. We have Rich Cardona on our show, which he's just fun to have on and chat with, and he tells some really great stories. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> no, it's going to be great. One of the things, so Rich has a media company that um, really has been good for tippy toes as well as myself. He's really into videos, and you and I were talking before we hit record about how like you watch a lot of videos on your phone. You know, if you want to capture me somehow, a video usually works. It's got to be a short video, but I I will watch yeah. a short video. Well, and that's his whole point with his whole entire business is, you know, we had, he's really helped us fine tune tippy toes in certain areas to try to capture the audience. Are you having a hard time seeing over your mic? A little bit, but it's okay. Why don't you push it down? No, I like it this way. Oh, he's like on his tippy toe. I guess you can't be on your tippy toes if you're sitting down. Yeah. Close enough. <laughs> but anyways, Rich, he has this business that basically he's been helping us put together videos because he talks about how that really engages the customer more. And I have had this conversation with Megan. I've also had this conversation with you. The two of you will watch videos online and then like I'll look over at you and you're just smiling at your phone. And I think I'm the, I don't know, maybe a lower percent that, does it maybe? I don't know. Yeah. You, you're a hard person to market to though. Yeah. I don't know how you capture you as a marketing person. Um, maybe if you put your product on a pickleball paddle. That'll work. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah. I think, it, but would you actually buy the pickleball paddle? No, I'd have you buy it. Yes, you, you would. would buy it. <laughs> I wouldn't have you buy it. A pickleball paddle would just show up in the, in the mail. For Mother's Day. For, that's what Adam got me for Mother's Day. He built me two swings, which was amazing. And then he got me a pickleball paddle too. And so. a pickleball skirt. Oh, yeah. I had my... Lululemon makes a pickleball skirt. <laughs> well, I tried to iron my skirt. Why am I ironing anything in quarantine? I have no idea. But I was ironing it. You can't iron those things. It burns a hole right through them, by the way. And then it leaves the residue on the iron for <laughs> when Lucy decides to iron. And we ruined reason. another shirt. I know. Why Why are we ironing, ironing two things in quarantine is the big question. And how's our 11-year-old ironing? 
I know. It's impressive. Well, it's, I'm like, who are you ironing for would be my question. Uh, and it's a cheapo t-shirt. Yeah, she's ironing her t-shirts. Hmm. We need to have our parent <laughs> writers on. Okay, we've gotten off the subject, but I think you had a good point because um, Rich is saying we capture people through video. And I think it's very true with you and Megan and our kids. I think something's wrong the way my brain is wired that I don't. Um, but I think for the most part it is. Um, and so he's really helped us fine tooth what we're doing with tippy toes. And he goes through the story from being in the military to working at Amazon to now just really taking a leap and jumping out and doing something on his own. And it's been really beneficial to tippy toes, which is awesome. Yeah. And it's great to have people like that. And I think, uh, one of the things I was a marketing major, so I feel yeah. uh, proud of the marketing world, but one of the hard things in marketing is, um, we always say that we feel like 50% of what we're buying doesn't work mm. and we just don't know what 50% it is. So, uh, there's something to, uh, trying a lot of different things. And, yeah. and this is one of those that um, there's some analytics behind it, some data that comes with how many people are viewing it and how long. And, and you can really understand kind of what's sparking some interest here than right. um, buying a billboard. You don't really know what kind of return you have. So yeah. it's fun to have guys like Rich that um, know how to capture people and how to track it and make sure you're doing it right. Yeah, it's awesome, it. especially right now during this COVID season of, you know, small businesses trying to figure out what's working. And we've seen proof in the pudding, like, you know, these virtual classes have gone really well, thanks to a lot of the things that they, that his company has done. So, and he has an awesome COO, which is Eliza and she's so fun. And guess what? She loves practical jokes and pranks. Adam. She was telling me a story because I was trying to get her and Rich to do a practical joke on Megan. She's like, I'm really good at him. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm really good at him. No, she pulled a joke on somebody for over a year. She sent them Alabama stuff in the mail for over a year and they had no idea who it was from. Isn't that amazing? That's really impressive. I should actually have her on the show because as much as I love practical jokes, it went on forever. And you love uh, April Fool's Day. I do love April Fool's Day. It's so fun. Yeah. Until this year, you made a pact that we wouldn't April Fool's each other. Babe, we were in quarantine, and I'm like, I just don't know. <laughs> oh, but I did. I got Hank, but I actually got myself. You know, when the little sprayer on the, what is it, the faucet, how if you stick it up, like waiting, like not using it, and you tie a rubber band around it, and you and somebody turns on the water, it sprays them in their face. Well, for some reason, Hank turned it on and walked away, and I was standing there. So my own joke got me. It did get you square in the face. Yep. Okay, we've of you. gotten off of our subject, but Rich Cardona. So here is his story and um, information on if you are a small business and want his help, how to get in touch with him. So and we'll he loves Lion King. Lion King, come on, babe. Or no, oh, Lion. My- Oh my gosh. Oh. What is that show called? Oh, it's your favorite. The King of the Lion. Oh my gosh. Lion King. No, that's the movie. <laughs> Tiger King. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was fun to sit with for but a he second. Didn't, uh, he didn't even know about it, but I got him hooked. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So now he says, hey, all you cats and kittens. <laughs> 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 that's funny. So yeah, we appreciate I that. I take pride Adam. in that. 
Okay, first of all, you watch some of the worst shows. Right now, okay, has anybody watched Waco? I Probably think everybody. Terrible. Ozark. Ozark terrible. is unbelievable. Okay, but here's the deal. Adam was watching Outer Banks. Outer Banks. I got disinterested within the first 20 minutes of the first episode. I'm like, uh-uh. This, I'm not going to do It started off kind of cheesy. Well, so I'm like, no, not going to happen. Tell what... Episode six. Episode six. I'm like not super tired. I think we were going upstairs a little bit early. So I was like, ah, fine. I'll watch it. It was 10 o'clock at night. Oh, so it was late. It was late. Why did I stay up and watch it? I don't know. Okay. So I stayed up and watched it. And then I was like, this is so stupid. But what happens next? So we watch episode seven. I'm like, oh, crud. Okay. Let's watch eight. We watched all 10 episodes. Until like two or three in the morning. Yeah. I know. I've never done that ever. I know. But you led the charge on every one of those. I didn't want to. I wanted you to keep doing it, but I know. So maybe, maybe Rich will listen or watch those now. But then you bad mouth my TV picks. You have the worst TV picks. You stayed up till three to watch them. I know. Well, okay. Let's listen to Rich. (laughs) He's way more entertaining. All right, friends. Well, I am here with my friend, Rich Cardona, with Rich Cardona Media. How are you today? I am fantastic. I'm (laughs) caffeinated. I'm exercised. I'm ready. I love it. It's so fun. Okay, so for those who don't know who Rich Cardona is, can you tell us who you are and what you do? (laughs) Yes, I will do this as briefly as humanly possible. (laughs) Uh, I am... I, I, I've been saying this more because it's important, but I'm a first generation American. Uh, I grew up in New Jersey, realized I was heading nowhere fast in high school. So I enlisted in the Marine Corps, uh, ended up doing 17 years after initially I thought I was just going to do four years, uh, wow. but three years in 9-11 happened. So that was that. Wow. And um, yeah, uh, retired early. Uh, because there was, they were offering uh, early retirement, and I had been taken out of flying because of a medical condition, so it made complete sense. And went on, I got an MBA, and I'm, I don't mince words about that. I, I now look back and, and think I didn't need it, but um, that's that that might come up, might not come up. I just was really afraid I needed, I wasn't going to be marketable enough with my military skills uh, mm-hmm. to get to just get a, a job I wanted. I got uh, ended up getting a job at Amazon worked there for two years. I was totally miserable that whole time. (laughs) And then uh, I quit. Uh, My wife, I and our daughter and our dog, we moved into her parents' basement for about six months as I figured out what it was I was going to do and how I was going to do it. And then I uncovered that my uh, superpower and my business acumen was all fell in one little category and that was highlighting uh the you know making the personal brands of executives mm-hmm. uh helping them through video marketing and making sure that they were visible because they have a lot of value to share and that is where we are now with rich cardona media and we also do uh company work 
uh, with companies on marketing strategy, content strategy, and you know all all those things. And I I literally just could not be happier. So I, I'm exactly where I need to be. <laughs> That's so awesome, and I I love hearing your story. Um, but what I love more than anything, Rich, is that Tippy Toes and Megan and I have gotten to work with you, and you are living in your sweet spot. It's like it's almost <laughs> to me hearing this story backtrack. I'm like wait, this almost seems like this is what you always should have been doing because you're so (laughs) good at it. And what a time to be in this line of business where the one way people are reaching people through this coronavirus is video and online and all of that. And so you're probably pretty busy right now. Extremely busy right now. And I, I, I'm very careful not to say I told you so, but, Mm -hmm. but everyone's scrambling to make sure their brands are intact and that they're competing, uh, with everyone else in the right way when they didn't have to before, uh, is realizing that, and you know, this, we talk about it, but social proof is everything, you know? Mm -hmm. So where is the social proof? Do you have a good portfolio? I look at social media as your portfolio of what you've done, what you're doing, how you've been doing it, um, and, and just everything along those lines. So as, as much as people you know, have their disparities with social media and the addictive nature of it and all these different things about it, it's just impossible to deny the fact that an existence there gives you an edge and then existence there with video gives you an even bigger edge. Right. And, and that's why I focus on it. I mean, I, 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 you see, I post every day, I have mm-hmm. videos every day and I, it's, it's been very fruitful for me because of that. And I'm, I'm really happy to help those who have a message to get out there. I love it. I think it's so awesome. Well, there's two directions I want to go with you on this conversation, because first of all, you just intrigued me the heck out of me with all that you're doing. But one, I want to ask you, um, like your backstory, how did you get, I mean, military thinking about that, like, and then MBA and then this, how did you actually land in this position? Were you interested in it? Had you had video background? How did you land where you are today? (laughs) This position right now (laughs) is, is, is complete. I don't want to say happenstance, but Mm -hmm. I, I will tell you, it was an exercise in in life and a natural process of elimination is how I, I, I think I like to describe it. Meaning, you know, I knew where I didn't want to be. And, and that's 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 extremely helpful. Right. Uh, I knew I knew where I didn't want to be. I knew I didn't want to be in a corporate position. I knew I didn't want bosses. And that doesn't mean I was going to succeed because I didn't want bosses. Right. It just meant, um, you know, I, I, I felt like, wow, maybe maybe this is not where I'm supposed to be. Maybe it's time for act two of my life to involve me being the ultimate decision maker and no one else. Mm-hmm. So that was hugely, hugely important to me. So that's that's one is kind of just knowing that. And now I, I now categorize myself as unemployable. I mean, it's like <laughs> just, it's like just that I can't even imagine. So mm-hmm. I will I will always be able to to win in this regard, in my opinion, because that's how badly I don't want to kind of fall back in the, in that kind of traditional workforce. So, but look, I had no video experience, no nothing. I'll tell you what I did. I love to take pictures and my wife Anne and I, when I retired and she was getting out of the army, we, we are, are, we were getting out of the military of our respective careers at the same time. And we had to leave, which is kind of, uh, 
it's, it's, you can think of it as kind of transition leave right. and then whatever we had on top of that. So we had about two and a half months of leave where we are still active duty. We're still getting paid. Uh, it's our transition time and you could do whatever it is. A lot of people use that time to find a job, find a job, find a job. And a lot of people, even before that, they find the job so that way they could be on terminal leave and be working at their job right. so that way they're making a ton of money. Right. Well, I don't recommend that for anybody because <laughs> Ann and I went to Europe for two months and we will never get that opportunity wow. in our adult working lives again, Right. you know, until who knows when, especially now with children. So that was so important. I think I took 7,000 pictures over those two months, how, who knows how many videos. I rented lenses to bring with me and we wow. did all these things in Europe. It was, it was ridiculous. So got back. And, um, you know, that was just kind of like something I just remembered. So when I quit my job, I was like, okay, photography. And I looked back at all my pictures. I'm like, some of these are really amazing. Mm -hmm. I started to try and teach myself Photoshop, even though I was supposed to be crushing debt because we were now living, <laughs> you know, mortgage free, so to speak, because we had renters and we were living with family and all these things. I was like, okay, you know, this, this we should be crushing debt. Well, I was actually increasing our debt because I was buying so much gear. Uh, so I started taking pictures, taking pictures. I quickly realized like this is this is not it. So I literally we're in a 3000 person town in Blackstone, Virginia. I mean, I came from Austin, Texas, so so small compared to I didn't know that. Okay. Yes. And, um, and the funny thing was, you know, I, I, there wasn't even a Best Buy, like 45 minutes near us, you know, there's right. no movie theaters near us. I mean, it was crazy where we were. So I was like, okay, well I need to work out. There's not a gym. Uh, there's a couple gyms on Main Street, which is 0.8 miles long. And uh, <laughs> I went on to, to this gym and I said, can I make a promo video for you? I was literally following Gary Vee's advice. Mm -hmm. Like, can I make a promo video for you? And then I could get just like be a member of this gym for however long for free or whatever. Wow. The guy was like, yeah, like he didn't care at all he's just like yeah whatever like sure <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and I mean and here I was like your Facebook is getting this much engagement this right. is how many followers you have there's no activity like I was like making it like the proposal of my life and this guy was like sure whatever dude so <laughs> I, I I got Ann I had Ann film me and I filmed Ann and I, I told a couple people in there like hey do you mind if I film and I made him a promo and I was like you know this is okay and I was like, I just don't know if this is going to work out. Uh, you know, if this is what I really want to do, especially because I was lacking some of the skills. And last part of this little chapter was Claude Silver, the chief heart officer at VaynerMedia. Uh, we had been friends and she had really helped me through a lot of my tough times at Amazon. Uh, and we connected. We had connected through LinkedIn. I just wanted to go up, see her in person, meet her in person and thank her. And I had this grand idea that I was going to tell her I would vlog for her for free because she needs to be more visible because she's not visible enough and her brand deserves more and blah, 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 yeah. blah. So I went up there and it was a meeting and my wife, Anne, was with me and they ended up talking for like almost the whole meeting. I was like, oh my <laughs> God, I was like this is ridiculous. So... I basically had to squeeze my big life-changing <laughs> offer to her in like two minutes. Oh my and gosh. She, yeah. And I was just basically like, sure. Like before I could even really get into it, she's like, I trust you. Yeah. And then, and that was it. So we did a little bit of work together and it turned out um, that 
everything that I wasn't filming was everything I should have been filming. And then she literally just called me out on it one day. She's like, you should be filming this. Wow. It was like really deeply personal conversations. And that's literally, you know, without exaggerating the light bulb moment where I was like, this is it. Yeah. Like she opened up to me. I opened up to her. I have a way with people. I've always had a way with people. If I can get executives to allow, allow us to see more of them in a different light, very casual, very informal. The authenticity of that is going to shine through on social media hugely and their brand and the business if they if they're a business owner is going to benefit tremendously from it and that's here that's where we are i know it's very long-winded yeah but that, that's no exactly that's how awesome it happened. but i love that because so a lot of what you're talking about with megan and i is getting visible in um linkedin which is something yeah. that i have not really tackled or mastered <laughs> but you're helping me with it um yes. but but through that connection you had a light bulb moment which is huge so was that connection you had with her through linkedin is that where it started that's exactly what it was i saw i had just found out about gary v i was binging youtube stuff after i decided he was worth following because in the beginning no one likes him right. and then I, yeah. I was like okay. yeah and then i was like okay and then I saw a video about Claude and I was like a chief heart officer. And I was yeah. kind of intrigued because I came from a cultureless place, in my right. opinion. Right. Um, so I was like, wow, like this is really forward thinking, really interesting. I loved the, the video they made about her on YouTube. And I just uh, sent her a connection request with a note a mile long. And she <laughs> all she wrote back. I basically put my life story in that message and she wrote back. <laughs> You seem cool. Let's be friends. Uh -uh. And then that, and, and that was it. And then wow. we just started talking. Wow, <laughs> that is so cool. But what an important thing connection is. And you talk a lot about connecting and make the right connections with the right people, not to climb up the ladder necessarily, but Correct. to make connections. So what would you say your advice to, you know, a lot of our listeners on Destined for Greatness are building something or they have an yes. idea of taking something from one step to the next. And in my book, I'm actually writing the chapter right now about, you know, mentors and finding experts and that sort of thing. How would you tell somebody, to go about finding their person in their niche that's going to help them have that light bulb moment like you did? Well, I think it's actually, you don't have to go within your niche. And that, I'm so glad you asked it that way. Like you, of course you can and you should, but I'm going to give you a perfect example. Uh, because of the work I did with Claude, um, someone reached out to me and she's like, hey, I really admire what you're doing with Claude. Uh, you know, and this is on Instagram. I like what you're about. Uh, I like your content. And then she noticed I had a daughter. So she sent me some ballet shoes. And I was like, <laughs> what is going on here? Like, I ne I'll never forget. I told my wife, like, do you think it's okay to give my address out like this? Yeah. Like, and, and she's like, okay, so I get these ballet shoes. I love it. Um, and my daughter loves them. And then we get another pair later and she's just been super kind and we talk and we talk. And then she was in the DC area and said she was going to be doing something with, uh, the company having what they call a rally. And, uh, can you do some video work? So we did some video work. I was happy to do it. It was awesome. It was fun. And I was like, wow, she has everyone super engaged. This is crazy. She's a hustler. Like she's like a no BS entrepreneur. Like this is amazing. <laughs> Well, that person is your sister, right. uh, Megan, and it was all from having uh, starting a relationship that had absolutely no no expectation. Mm. 
mm-hmm. it, it was simply like I, I like your content. I like what you're doing. And I will tell you that that approach that she took is very similar to the approach I take, which is just trying to engage with people you like. Right. Just right. People you respect, people who you are like, that's a great idea, even if it has nothing to do with you, with what you do. Expectation management in terms of relationship building is something that should be mitigated tremendously yeah. because without without that, you won't be as thirsty or desperate. Yeah. And, and I, I've heard this quote very recently, like, um, you know, uh, you're wearing a cologne called desperation and everyone yeah. could smell it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, so, yes. Um, it's, it's very tangible. So I think that's step number one. If you want to get a little bit more tactical, Sarah. I mean, it's it's literally just engaging with people in your niche, in your industry, on social media, preferably LinkedIn, because it's a professional space where where, you know, you could look and see other entrepreneurs and other business owners. Right. I could easily connect with other video marketers and marketers. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are in you know the education system, you could do that if you're in self-help. I mean, you can find anyone you want. You start engaging with their content, and I don't mean replying to them, but just taking part in some of the comments on their social, on their posts as well. Meaning, right. if Megan posts something and I see you wrote something, and what you wrote intrigues me, or I disagree with you, whatever it is, I could comment there. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you start building just relationships little by little. And the last part I would say, off of the tactical part, is back to expectation management. Is there just has to be a level of patience that you, 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 you really acknowledge has to exist mm-hmm. with, without having that patience. I, I just think like so much less happens. Right. It's so much better to have surprises than to just have the willpower to just like push, push, push until something happens because willpower is like a phone. It's very finite. Right. You got to recharge that. Yeah. So if you don't have these expectations day after day and you're just like really focused on doing the right thing for the right reasons, right. things will happen. And, and that sounds so cliche, but it's the truth. I love it. I love it. I think it's practical advice too. And something that we're seeing um, to working with you is that things are just unfolding so naturally and it's not forced where before you sometimes it's like, you know, we hadn't laid the groundwork on, you know, like possible daycares or preschools that we take tippy toes in. And it's like almost we're trying to shove ourselves through a door. But then when they see us through your video content and and things like that, it makes us human, which I think is the best part of your business is we become relatable to people through your work, which is amazing. Okay. I want to kind of go in another area, which is you did a post not too long ago about working for Amazon. Now from the outside, Amazon's like the coolest business ever, but you had an experience working with them that really, um, catapulted you into your now business. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? Um, and kind of the, I guess, frustration you had that drove you to do something really great. Yes. I mean, and, and, I always try, and whenever this subject comes up, I always try and 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 make it clear. I'm not trying to be disparagingly as a whole, you know, make disparaging comments as a whole to the organization. But I will tell you this: uh, 
I know I'm not far off when after that post, I just got DM after DM after DM, uh, especially from veterans and, and people who are like, hey, I was looking at them, but I haven't heard anything positive. You know, what do you think? And I'm just like, you know, it's awful. Right. Uh, but number two, you should talk to people who are in there now because, you know, it just depends. Right. And, again, and one other thing that's very important to put out there is that I was in fulfillment, which means I was in a distribution center, a fulfillment center. And I mean, it was just operations, operations, operations. There was nothing and nothing sexy about it um, whatsoever. It was it was a, a it was, it was a warehouse. So right. my experience is this is from the minute I walked into training day one, I was like, uh oh, <laughs> I just I just knew just I mean, and this is extreme. Look, I, I was still and I, I would argue I still am going through a military transition. But when you're used to something for 17 years and the way it is and the way it operates, knowing where you belong and how you know where you stand and the rank that you, you wear means you've done certain things and achieved certain, you know, milestones, you know, when you're thrust into this and, and my peers are, are 22 and 23 year olds fresh out of college and I have 17 years in the Marine Corps, you know, that was a signal to me. And I'm not saying anything bad. There's extremely unbelievably talented people that I worked with who are, right. you know, what almost, almost half my age. And I'm just like, wow, this, the future is so bright for them. But it, it kind of put something in front of me that made me think, I'm not sure they understand the transferability of my skills. Um, I'm not sure, you know, if, if my voice is going to be heard enough or if they realize like how much I can actually do. And as someone who was in the Marine Corps specifically, you know, we always do less with more. So I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for the challenge, you know, but what, what the experience Sarah truly was for me, besides the the unbelievable hours and just just the bureaucracy associated with any big organization <laughs> uh, the bureaucracy you're fine with the bureaucracy associated with any big organization was what really stood out was to me the lack of leadership mm-hmm. i i am i am so happily guided by people that I want to emulate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would actually put you and Sarah in that category, you and Megan in that category on the outside. It's very hard for me to find, but you guys operate in a way and a thinking that is authentic. You guys are very, very driven. You work really hard. And it's like super important for me to be like, wow, like that's what can happen. Yeah. Now, where I was, it was hardworking, but a lot of kind of um, strategic alignment and butt kissing sorry mm-hmm. you could edit that if you need to <laughs> um you know all that kind of stuff and 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 i just want to give you a prime example I, I ended up on a night shift as an operations manager and then i had a bunch of managers under me every single one of my managers got promoted and eventually got taken away mm-hmm. you know to help an underperforming shift right. so what did that mean for me that means i had i kept getting new managers or poor managers and had to build them up mm-hmm. um you know so i was like okay like that's flattering and at the same time it's like this sucks right you know the other part of this was you know on that night shift we were just like outperforming day shift on on so many different occasions and we actually had the number one shift in the amazon robotics network for something like six weeks in a row i was super super proud of that wow so what did that mean that means at one point i had what i thought one of the best area managers ever and i wanted to get her promoted Mm -hmm. so they're like we had this big meeting where we talked about who's going to get promoted and everyone's kind of pitching their people and after the first one after the first person was presented from a different department, I said, 
you know, all the drawbacks that he just articulated for this person that he wants to get promoted. I was like, my person, she doesn't have any of those problems. Mm -hmm. She is ready right now. Uh, I was like, I would consider her a peer, blah, 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 blah. And then I got in trouble for that mm -hmm. because I, I hate saying in trouble, but they're like, there's nothing, nothing's going to hurt by waiting, wait, making her wait another three to six months. And I was like, are you serious? Yeah. This is, this is a special talent. Yeah. And I am coming from a position of having an extremely high performing shift with an eye for the talent. You give me people to make better. Right. I've made it better. And here you are telling me for no specific reason that she should could wait another three to six months. And guess what? She's now a senior operations manager who catapulted, yeah. you know, operations manager and she's crushing it. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, I just knew what it was, which I, I wasn't going to be heard. And then to really sum things up, what I missed throughout this whole uh, explanation is that my character and my, my everything was just a completely different person. Mm -hmm. Like the person then you would not recognize him mm -hmm. uh, because he was desperate uh, to just feverishly show how much he was doing. Mm -hmm. uh, he was untrustworthy. He cut corners because he wanted to get back. I almost, it's almost like I was looking for a way to get myself fired. Yeah. And ultimately we, we ended up walking out, but uh, you know, I, I don't like that person thinking back on, on him a lot, but uh, it was an experience and it just, I was very unsettled is, is yeah. the only way to put it. I was very, very unsettled. But I leverage that you share that because I think a lot of times um, our unsettling pushes us into something great that, you know, a lot of times people are thinking about an idea while they're unsettled or thinking about the life that they dream of having while they're unsettled. But what you did was you took action and decided this is not for me. I cannot do this anymore. This is not who Rich Cardona is. And then you went out and became who you believed you were and now are succeeding. And so I feel like that's a great point to share with our people, our friends on Destined for Greatness, that if you aren't where you want to be today, it's not the final word. Like you can change things and shift things and adjust things just like Rich did to make it something great. So I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. And, and it's, it's, it's very true. Uh, I've mentioned Claude already, but one thing she always used to say to me was you are more in the driver's seat than you know. Mm -hmm. And if you if you actually, and I'm not a big positive affirmation guy. I, I'm just so not that person to like look in the mirror and be like, today you will win. <laughs> like that's just not me. But, but the way she put it was so subtle. And it's like, you are more in the driver's seat than you think. And little by little, I was like, oh, wow. I was yeah. like, she's right. Yeah. She's, she's really, really right. And, uh, you know, it's just so many things are possible. And I'm not going to say if you put your mind to it, there's mm -hmm. so many factors, but understanding what you don't want, which is, is kind of what we just uncovered that I was climbing a corporate ladder. I didn't want to climb. Uh -huh. Understanding what you don't want is, is hum That's a win right. because you're like, check, check. 
like, I know what I don't want. And, yeah. and then you can move on and start, t- you know, tapping into your curiosities until you find out what potentially could be a business yeah. or a new role or a new career path. I love it. I love it so much. Okay. So Rich, we're at the end of our podcast, but I would be a fool Oops. to not let people know how to get in touch with you specifically. You know, I can say from our work experience, it has been nothing but um, short of amazing. I mean, the things that you have done as we've pivoted our virtual dance classes, that's not what you signed up for when um, we started working for you. And then the next week happened where coronavirus hit and you and Eliza just shifted with us so quickly and hadn't even, you know, questioned us or anything. And just, we all moved forward together as a team. And so I would say firsthand experience working with you and your team has been incredible and amazing and pivotal for tippy toes in our business. So how can people get in touch with you? Uh, thank you so much for that. I, I really prefer uh, LinkedIn. Uh, you can just type in Rich Cardona and it'll say video strategist next to it. Um, please connect with me there. And if you hear of me or uh, through this podcast, uh, please let me know uh, that you did. So that way, if you want a free consultation uh, in which there's no way I will pitch to you, I will literally spend a half hour on the phone with you and Eliza sometimes as well. We will sit there and we will talk about video or marketing, whatever it is you want. We will do that. So please connect with me on LinkedIn and tell me if you heard uh, heard us on Destined for Greatness. Uh, otherwise, um, I mean, I'm at Rich Cardona on Instagram. Uh, I think I'm on, yeah, Rich Cardona on t- uh, Twitter, TikTok, wherever. But link, <laughs> link, LinkedIn is where I live. So is uh, please, please find me there. <laughs> I love it. Thanks so much, Rich. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, it's Sarah Noose. And I believe that you are destined for greatness. Do you have a dream inside of you? You think about wanting more out of life? Well, I have seen incredible life change happen all across the country by women who have signed up for my four-week accountability group. I would love to offer you the opportunity for real life change. Head on over to saranoose.com and sign up. There's limited spots available, but I would love to get to know you, have you join, and watch you conquer your dreams. If this podcast was helpful, it would mean the world to me to have you rate it, review it, and share it on social media. Social media is a big place, and to reach more people, I would love your help. Thank you for joining us today, and remember, you are destined for greatness.